Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, good morning and welcome to another fabulous edition of Spin the Rally Pod. I don't know why I always say good morning. And I don't know why I always say I don't know why I say good morning, because it could be good afternoon or good evening, wherever you are. But it is morning when we're recording. So good morning to uh, former sporting director and man who knows everything about rallying, George Donaldson. And hello to deputy editor Luke. Good morning, boys. Good morning. I, I take issue with the fact that I know everything about rallying. I, I don't. I just have a vast interest in it. So I'm happy to speculate from now Trust me, George. with you guys now and again. Trust me, you know everything about rallying. You know absolutely everything. And a bit more. Well, That's right, isn't it, venture, I can. Yeah. I can venture an opinion on most things anyway. <laughs> yeah, see, if David had given me that introduction, I would have gladly taken that, you see. There's the difference. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, still looking to make my It'll be a while yet, trust me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... Uh, is it just me, or is this this three week gap is just feeling like it's going on forever now? It's just me I'll then. Go with that okay. one. It does. No, no, it's not. It's it, absolutely. I I do as well. I just can't wait to get started. For me, the 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 year doesn't start until Safari this year because <laughs> I'm getting to go to that one. Yeah, that's true. But it, so, it, um, it, it does. So it uh, does feel really disjointed. You know, we got going with obviously with Monty, and then we had Sweden quickly, and then we had an enormous gap to Croatia and then he got to Croatia and it was like right finally here we go oh we stopped again for a bit I have a solution for that I have I have a solution for 22 that 22 rounds we could have we, <laughs> we should have put no no just put put um, put Kenya in where it should be yeah that's true it would have Easter. been it would have been, it would have been in front it would have been in front of the rains because the rains have happened in Kenya and they were devastating I believe well you know proper yeah. rain, rainy season which is, is devastating every year because it, it comes and it's you get uh, over over a two or three week period. You get you get seven or eight proper days of rain where it's just massive. <laughs> I mean, massive. It's I have seen it once, twice, twice. I've seen it in the eighteen visits, eighteen, nineteen safaris I've done. Um, I've seen it twice, and it's pretty pretty amazing when it comes. And it just pulls out all the gravel roads. They all have to be re-engineered effectively. But the but the it never stopped the event, no, George. No, no, it didn't. Um, some sections were cancelled, but usually because of snowflakes. <laughs> and not real snowflakes, the real snowflakes. Was Human ones, yeah. Ah, okay. Well, actually, that, that, that's not quite fair to say because it was before the term snowflake arrived. It was usually to gain sporting advantage. People would tell lies. Well, and play on the fact play on the fact that the the, t- the teams had better communications than the event did, and uh, and managed to get sections cancelled. Lancia got a great win on Safari because of that. Hey, all, all strength to them. It's playing the game. That's the nature of the beast. Absolutely. We, we we tried the same to keep the section open, but we failed. Just thinking back to 
when I started, when I worked at Motor News and, and Autosport, more at Motor News. So through the sort of late 90s, the Safari was obviously always an, an Easter event. Um, and it was always Circuit of Ireland as well. And I'm sure there was one more event on that one weekend. And that Easter weekend always used to be absolutely mad, just flat out with, with so much content, so much rallying going on. And it was, uh, it, it, it was a great time of the year. And like you say, to, to put Safari back now, I, I think they should, because that was part of the challenge, wasn't it, to, to go back into that Easter weekend and back it was. I mean, to the challenge. It, it was, and, 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 and maybe one in seven or one in eight rallies would be wet. Yeah. Uh, the others, the rest were dry. This year the rains came, uh, I believe, about two or three weeks, maybe three weeks ago, yeah. something like that, but it, the rains came. It was like, it's like the Belgian Grand Prix, though, isn't it? You know, the weather would always be at the forefront of your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it, it was wet, wet or dry, and mm-hmm. and the the good aspect was even even when it is wet, so you get in a five day period over the, over the the rally weekend, so it ran Thursday to Sunday to to Monday. Um, you, you would uh, you you would get maybe one day of rain, mm. maybe maybe one and a half days of rain in different areas so it wasn't necessarily where you were but the cars would feel it because the rain would eventually be everywhere and the the the, the sections were tough and, and wet and yeah and some rivers were flooded i mean the rally the rally on occasion stopped because you 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 come to a you come to a, a wash away where where a, a river uh, comes once a year um when that river comes once a year it's a devastating flood for about Three or four hours, yes, and sometimes the rally had to stop there. Yeah, yeah, because you, you know, you, you don't drive th- you, you drive through a big wide river that's only maybe uh, half a meter deep, but but you don't you don't go through a, a river that's flowing at uh, twenty kph that's only fifteen meters wide. Quite clearly, you just drive into it and you're gone. Um, it's uh, self preservation one hundred and one. Uh, you'd like to think. Mm. Um, but um, yeah. it does. It does stop the rally occasionally. So maybe from that point of view, it might be harder now. It, it might be. But Easter's Easter's a good shout. I mean, when we go in summer, it's it's actually cold in Kenya. It's not warm. I mean, during the day, it can get up to like a nice summer's day at best. In the evenings, it's cool. You know, you need a jacket on to go outside. Take your jumper, David. You're not going this year. I am possibly not going this year. I yeah. Uh, we oh, yeah, it clashes it clashes with the Goodwood Festival of Speed, where uh, uh, we have quite a few cars going to to the Festival of Speed. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's. I was going to say the short straw. I'm not sure. I think they're both. Well, Safari is obviously the longer straw. Um, I'm not sure yeah. if if Lord March or Duke of Richmond is a listener to the podcast. If you are, uh. Mr. Duke of Richmond, apologies for that, but your straw is slightly shorter than the safari rallies. Um, but I'm sure the Goodwood Festival of Speed will still be a fine event. I have to um, say, d- 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 just to interject, George, by mentioning that, what you've done is you- you've broken the-, the hopes and dreams of all of Kenyan's rally fans because I have seen David <laughs> Evans now around the service park and I can tell you that the man's actually quite popular for the old autographs and selfies now. He's a, bi- he's a big piece now. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Big. Wow! I, I had Let's... no, I had no idea. That's uh, nor did I, George. I... <laughs> well, I, I shall be, I shall be, hopefully, wandering around with my dirtfish t-shirts on, um, and uh, undoubtedly, uh, we'll have other company. 
Well, Absolutely. Luke will be with me, obviously, won't he? Were you not sending Luke? Have we not decided these things yet? We we are still working on our plan for Safari. Probably things that we shouldn't discuss on air. Uh, so moving <laughs> all on. All right, sorry. Moving on, guys. <laughs> into, into. Well, all talking all things Safari, David, there are yeah. there are new stages. There are, I believe, two or three new stages. I think two new stages and some extended stages. So um, and, and what are your thoughts I'm, of those, George? We've not really done a lot I, about. I'm the, told. The I'm told the two new stages are quite interesting. Uh, one of them is very, very quick. Um, so some great opportunities, and it, it's up on the edge of the Susua crater, round round the back of the Hell's Gate uh, uh, electricity station, the thermal electricity station that hisses and buzzes, very aptly named. Uh, quite a noisy place in some in some places when you're close to where the pipes are. They rattle and bang and make incredible noises, reminding you you're sitting on the edge of a volcano. Yeah, uh, always nice. It's, yeah, always nice. It, it doesn't uh, it doesn't feel like it because it doesn't generally smoke. It's not a smoker, Suswa. Um, but uh, you're sitting there on this vast power station, which is which is a volcano. Um, so there's apparently something that that's a fabulously quick stage. The other stage is apparently more like more like Europe, uh, lovely, fast flowing <coughs> stages. You could you could be in Europe like a lot of Kenya used to be. I mean, Kenya for me, you could you could be in Thousand Lakes, one area. The next, you would feel like you were in Portugal, and the next day, the next bit, you would feel like you were in Wales. It was an amazing place. Yeah, when you uh, when you it, went up north and around the whole country, it it is it, it just the most fabulous rally, and like you say, it just so we, yeah. we've already discussed as the weather comes in, it it changes the the nature of the thing um, entirely. We we really wouldn't be expecting rain in the, in the summer, though, would we? Having said that, it did rain last year, didn't it? Spectacularly. It, well, you, you get the the short rains. It was a very a very small amount of rain, relatively speaking. It was a shower. It was mm. it was about uh, Co- about ten kilometers. Like rally though, didn't it? The, the the rain didn't the, his his lack of windscreen wipers did wasn't it yes or, yeah it, no exactly yeah, lack, yes or lack of lack of a heated windscreen I think cost him it that was what it was not not the wiper um it's such a simple a simple thing to go wrong but there seems to be an awful lot of that has happened that, uh, that uh, has with with Hyundai and and, and, and you you'd have to get to the bottom of it really and historically as well. You know, particularly when when teams were making components as light as they possibly could to take to some of these events where they weren't really expecting rain, uh, mm. and then heavy rain would come and the and the wiper motor would fail or something like that. It it is quite yeah. common, isn't it? But it's not it's not a reliability per se thing. It's actually they've manufactured all of the parts as light as they can for yeah. performance. Uh, um, but it is. I, I always remember the uh, seeing the the electricians at Toyota back in the eighties and nineties. They would strip apart all those components, mm. and they would re- rewire them. Uh, they, they would rewind motors and and re re solder them with silver solder, but you know much higher temperature solder to make sure they wouldn't fail. Um, yeah. And I can't ever recall a windscreen wiper motor failing on a Toyota. I mean, nowadays it was at the Ford Focus. They put the wiper motor down on the floor and then had a, a probably had a carbon rod uh, driving the, the 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 motor gearbox higher up. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, it was, it, the, the, that was that was Christian Lorio, you know, getting the weight down. But again, you you, I think that was that was a very simple uh, mod, and it would be very cleverly done. But as all of those things, when you're modifying for lightness. You are introducing an element of risk. 
Uh, Although finely calculated and usually spot on, um, vastly open to criticism when it fails, of course, uh, because the failure is inevitably um, worth, uh, cost a lot more than the the material gain for that single component. But forget the single component because the car is an organism and and you you do 50 of those changes and you do get a perceptible performance gain from that type of thing. But one failure, uh, so in itself it gives no material benefit, but as part of the organism it has done. But if it fails, of course, it's devastating. So that that's the that's the tightrope upon which uh, rally car and motorsport engineers walk. It's yes. a horrendous thing. It it is, but ultimately it can be a, a fabulous thing as well that uh, delivers plenty of success. But just moving on into next week, we've talked a lot about Safari. We will get to Kenya later in the year. Uh, but next week is all about one place. George, you and I talked about it quite a lot last week. It's Portugal. Um, and very, very exciting. Looking at the entry list, uh, which I did last week, pretty strong, Luke. It's, it's, it, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of got, got caught out there. I didn't know what to say to you. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I, I can continue rambling on a bit, but a hundred cars, we talked about that <laughs> off air. I've not, I've not checked yeah. the statistics, but I'm fairly confident we haven't had as many cars this year on an entry it's the most rally one cars we've had at 12 i think i've not i'll tell you what i'll use the wonderful ewrc right now and i'll tell you how many rally two cars it is as well 52 wow okay so well, yeah that is that is fantastic isn't it that is i mean that's 52 cars all all capable of a top 10 well certainly you'd say two or three of them are going to be capable of a top 10 finish by normal standards these days might be a little bit harder to get the top 10 with 12 rally one cars but the attrition rate there will be significant i am fascinated by wrc2 because that is the uh that's the the, that's the class that uh you know look you and i would be going and doing an event in one of those cars when you co-drive for me (laughs) <laughs> even though even though you've not co-driven for anyone yet as you've, I've you've, totally you've discovered you've upped the ante there george uh, I, I was told the ante, but, but you know that's the car and and the point is that that's the, that's a car that's capable of a top 10 result that's a car that allows a driver to to grow to breathe to start to show themselves to start to get the self-belief that they can take a car to that ragged edge <laughs> And, and and that ragged edge is perilously close to the the wr the wrc one pace. So yeah, it's uh, fifty two cars is a fantastic entry, and I would love to think that we might see a couple of jokers in there getting some great results. Some guys poking the nose at the top five or eight cars that normally wouldn't be there. Some local crews, some some other international crews coming out for their first go at it. Let's see how good how, how good their diligence is for pace notes and and the hard work looking at the videos etc cetera, etc. Cetera. I've I've just done a bit of counting up, uh, so I didn't actually reach out to EWRC, which I of course should have done. But I've counted forty one WRC two entries. Yeah, uh, I I can't remember an entry like that. It, that's ginormous. Um, but interestingly, there is there is a huge amount of interest uh, in WRC two. Uh, all the way down. Obviously, Mickelson missed, Andreas Mickelson missed the last round in Croatia, uh, but he's still leading the championship after winning the class in Monte in Sweden. Uh, and then we've got Temu Sunanen coming for his first outing of the season. But then Greyer's in 
on the official entry list I've got here, Gryzen is is the third car uh, listed, but he is not listed for points. He so he's a P two driver, but he's not listed for points in WRC two. So maybe he's not nominating that event. But the other one to talk about uh, for me is firstly I want a bit of opinion from you both on how will Temu Sunanen come back and how will Oliver Solberg get on stepping back from obviously the Rally 1 car to the Rally 2 car because uh, we've got Danny Sordo taking his seat in the, in the factory team. It's interesting. Over to you, over to you boys. I'm going to have some coffee now. <laughs> that was tactical. <laughs> it, is, oh. it, it is interesting, to be fair. And it is worth pointing out that this is the, the first rally that Hyundai have done in WRC2 this year. So the fact we've got Oliver Solberg in the car is a bit of a one-off, shall we say. It may well happen in, in future events because we know him and Sodo are sharing a Rally 1 car. So it might be that on the events that Oliver isn't in Rally 1, they try and find the budget to get him into the Rally 2 car just to learn and get the experience. But as David said, Table Sudden, he's not done a rally since, he won't have done one since Monza at all in any championship. So it's a long time to be not behind the wheel. But it is a big year for him. And it's quite strange in a way because... I know last year he had his, his fair few issues, but if you wind the clock back 12 months, yes, he was doing a little bit of yo-yoing between cars, but theoretically he was actually in a better position last year. Yet now it feels like he's in a, in a much better place. He seems he seems less burdened. He seems more chilled. I don't know what, what he knows about his future that we maybe don't. At the minute, it, we understand he's only got rallies in a Rally 2 car. Will he get more than that? I honestly don't know, but you'd have to potentially speculate at events like Finland if he can find some budget, it might he be there. I don't want to start any too many vicious rumours, but it's mm. a very competitive place to be anyway. And I think that's the interesting thing now is I don't think you have to win WRC2 anymore to be impressive because there's that many good drivers in there. You look at, as George said, it's, it's, you look at the, the entry list and it's not just the big names that we might know from other WRC rallies. There's so many drivers in there. And I'm, even things as daft as Martin Prokop, I know he's, He's maybe not as quick as he once was, but the seeding for WRC2 starts at 20, and there are a couple of gaps in there because you've got drivers like Elvin Evans say that's number 33 and stuff, so he takes that mm. number. But Prokop's down at 49 on the entry for WRC2. Mad, it? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I have gone yeah. off on a tangent there, David. To, to answer your question about Temu, I think actually very well. The, provided the card is is as competitive as they would like, I think Sunan is a good shout for at least a podium. Oliver's more interesting because I think he's got a bit of... His main objective, of course, is to learn the rally. And he has been here before, but the extra stage miles are never a bad thing. But you just never know. Is, is he going to be tempted to try and prove a point? He's a young rally driver, so quite probably yes. But if, if I was him, I think it would be very tempting to get drawn into battle. But I think his, his smart thing to do is be quick, but not in the limelight. I think if you can, if you can do that, get a top five, do nothing silly just get the mileage and set some good times, but not do anything crazy. I think that's the best kind of result he can achieve in Portugal. But but in some ways, he comes in with a real target on his back, doesn't he? Because, you know, he's the, he's the one. He's the chosen one. He's the guy that Hyundai have gone with for this year. Um, and, and everybody, that, particularly the likes of Mickelson, you know, they won't just want to beat him. They'll want to absolutely sort of massacre him um, because they, they want to show uh, that Hyundai got it wrong. They should have given a seat to him. They should have given a seat to me. You know, Temu's the same. Um, I'm sure, you know, you always look to your teammate uh, as the first person to beat, and Temu will be desperate 
um, to put some time on on Oliver Solberg. Oliver is, you know, he's the same kind of youngster as Calais uh, in that he's matured very quickly. And Oliver just needs to realise and remember that he's only here for the experience. You know, the rest of the, the, the likes of Tamu and, and Mickelson and stuff, they're still pursuing what he's got. He's got a rally one seat. Okay, it's, it's a part-time seat, but he's still got one. And he just needs to know and to remember that, like you say, Luke, he is there for experience. He doesn't need to get drawn into a fight. He needs to keep his nose clean, make some good notes, drive the roads, and come out at the other end and, you know, build his speed for the next time he's in a Rally 1 car. Uh, it's, but it, it is going to be a difficult one because to tell a driver that is, is very easy. Um, but actually, in the heat of, of a battle, <laughs> it, it is difficult not to get drawn in. Uh, and, you know, equally, there will be an element that Oliver will want to demonstrate that he has got the speed. Uh, which, of course, we know he has. Um, so, if, for me, this is going to be one of the most interesting WRC2 rounds in, in a long time. And you're, you're absolutely right. You look down at the quality all the way down the entry list. The likes of Stefan Lefebvre, Eric Camelie, you know, just great names. Chris Ingram's in there, of course. Uh, it, it just keeps on coming. Uh, Benito Guerra, our, our friend from Mexico, yeah. all the way through. Um, it's it's tremendous, uh, but it is for me. It's almost a point now that Mickelson can actually start to manage the championship. You know, he's got those two wins. Uh, I think he scored six from seven, so you know he's yeah. already on the on the road to a to a solid championship challenge. Uh, I've actually just, sorry to come across, and again, I'm sorry to keep George quiet again, but just quickly on Mickelson while you mentioned him, I have actually been quite. And it sounds weird because it, it, it's almost hard to be impressed by what Mickelson's doing now because he kind of can't really do anything more than he has done. He, he won ERC and WRC2 last year. He's won both mm. WRC2 events this year. So he's kind of constantly breaking into a ceiling that he's hoping one day will budge. But I actually think his approach this year has been fantastic. We all remember his famous quotes last year when he said he wanted to, to dominate every dominate. rally. And I think he's now been quick to admit that actually he underestimated just how difficult that would be but this year he's taken the approach of just be quick but on, on neither of the two events he's done he's not been the fastest he could have been if he wanted to be but he's deliberately kept himself in check and and had a margin and I think that's quite impressive that he's been able to do that and, and come out on top but this as we've alluded to already this will be his hardest to win if he's going to do it again if he's going to go for the three he's got a lot of hungry drivers and we've not mentioned you on Russell either who uh, won Croatia very impressively um as I say, every yep. I'm just looking. My eyes are bobbing around, and there's so many drivers you could pick out that could that could be there. It is it is brilliant. And and Portugal, George, it, it is. It's not as we discussed last week. It's not an easy rally to go to, is it? it it's not. It's it, it is particularly tough. Excuse me a second. Sorry, guys. I've got a cat in the room. Apologies. <laughs> Does the cat have anything to say? Uh, yes, he did. Actually, I have quite a lot, quite a lot to say. So What's the cat's the name, George? Um, uh, uh, Bo, 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 Bo. Uh, no, yeah. let's go with Bo, not Bo. Swedish name Bo, as not yeah, Bo, body as odor. in the, the Swed- Busa. Busa. Okay, right, good. Yeah, okay. Lo- lovely wee thing he is. Um, anyhow, no, I mean, honestly speaking, you know, just just to go back to Andreas Mikkelsen. You know, he was the best rally driver on those first two events. It's all about survival and reading the road. You know, it's your 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 uh, 
horrible um, English cricket uh, analogy, David. Probably, probably <laughs> it, it, it rung true. I understood. I understood what you were getting at. The guy just read the room. You know, he just he figured yeah. out what was needed, and he did it two events in a row. Um, and and I wouldn't be surprised to, to for from to come back here and do it a third time in, in a row for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, snapping at their heels, uh, Oliver Solberg. Well, I mean. You know he's for it for all the other drivers. What an incredible marker! Oliver Solberg, very close to the the pace on WRC, very very close at times, right on it, but overall incredibly close. What a fantastic marker for all those other drivers! Yeah, uh, for all totally. those other drivers, you know, you know if 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 you know if if Johan Russell's sadly a, a second a kilometer behind Oliver Solberg, you know he, he's got to go away and find find more, find extra. Uh, Chris Ingram, same same story. You know these guys all want to come up. Eric Camelly, you know you, you, the the names are many. Timo, uh, Timo absolutely has to deliver and has to be the mark. Um, uh, I hope he, I hope he's I hope his luck's good. I hope he makes his luck good. You make your own luck in rally to a great extent. Start off steady, mm. pull away. Um, you know, just just look at what Andreas Mikkelsen's done. Smartest guy in the room, basically, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, no, you that that seems that seems odd to say that in many ways, but but he is the smartest guy in the room this year. But you know, when when you're facing a, a WRC two fight and everything, it, it you know it is intense, it is difficult. But let's not forget oh. that Mickelson's somebody who has shared a team with Sebastian Ogier. You know, and the last absolutely the last event they did together in Australia 2016, Andreas beat him across the the final day. So yeah. Mickelson is a world championship, a world rally winning driver. He's a world championship quality pilot. You know, he can absolutely deal with all of this. And I think, Luke, mm -hmm. you're right. His mindset has flipped a little bit now because this time last year, he was very much in the mindset of, yes, I'm in a Skoda, but I'm ready to jump into an M Sport car. I'm ready to be back in a world rally car very soon. He still wants that, desperately wants that this year. but. He's also very understanding that he's got a job to do with Skoda. They're doing a huge amount of work on the development of the of the new Rally 2 car, which comes out in August. Uh, we, we know that him and Chris Meek are doing a, a significant amount of testing. And I just think that Mickelson's head is in a slightly different place this year, that he knows he's got the speed, he knows he's got everything he needs. You know, he's, he is a professional driver. He's been well paid by Skoda, uh, and he's doing a job for them. Still very aware that he, he needs to be the sort of best of the rest, which he, he absolutely is, um, to, to get into a Rally 1 car if there's one available next year. Um, so, no, I think he will, be, he will be hard to beat in Portugal, but he doesn't necessarily need to win. Um, but there are a whole bunch of, of, of other guys out there that, that do need to win. Yeah. And, it, you know, the, yeah. fever, the, 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 the excitement doesn't stop at WRC 2, because, of course, it is. The third round of juniors uh, this year. Juniors are coming thick and fast. Um, with obviously we've got John Armstrong uh, and Larry Una winning, but both have won one of the first two rounds. So there, are they are. Let me just check. I th I'm they sure the joint, joint points. Yeah, joint yeah. championship leaders. Yeah, yeah. So so exactly. Uh, so I mean that in itself is is just providing another fabulous storyline. Uh, going into Portugal, but George did reference there briefly uh, my cricket analogy, uh, which actually I can't take any credit for. 
Uh, and Matty, if you're listening still, Matty, our friend who isn't keen on um, on talking, <coughs> excuse me, other things apart from rallying, this is related to rallying. So stand by, Matty. It'll all become clear in a moment. We had a, a colleague I've referenced on numerous occasions, David Williams, the greatest rally journalist in the history of time. Um, and he always talked about uh, good rally drivers like Mickelson, who who take their time, build their experience, becoming quite like uh, a good spin bowler. And with spin bowling, it's different to pace bowling. You don't just chuck the ball as quickly as you can. You have to place the ball and spin the ball, obviously. Uh, and so much of that is related to the weather conditions, the humidity in the air, the, the state of the pitch, the state of the wicket. And it all evolved. You know, you could go to the Wacker in, uh, in, in Perth one year and it would play differently. But over 10 years, 15 years, spin bowlers would just get better and better and better with the experience. So David Williams' feeling was that rally drivers were very similar. You know, as you built your experience, you would get better and better. We saw champions into their 30s. Uh, Marcus Grunholm, Jimmy McRae, you know, starting much later uh, and, and coming with that experience. And now, of course, everything has been turned on its head. And these, the, the reason for this conversation is the conversation that I had with um, Yari Matti in Croatia, where we were just chatting away about what Cali was doing. And Yari Matti said, you know, actually, I couldn't do this anymore. Uh, I couldn't put in the level of commitment and time to to the videos that um, that the youngsters are doing these days. You know, Yeri Matu was very much, a, a, I guess, a sort of visual learner. He needed to get out on the stages, drive the roads. An old school rally driver, I guess. Um, yeah. And, and it's true. You, you look at, at the way that things are. We've talked about this for years. And, you know, this was some of the, one of the things that Sebastian Auger really, really doesn't like about the, the availability of, of all live. In, it is a fantastic just the most incredible service but from every stage that Cali Robin Pair has driven this year you and I can go back and watch every single corner and that Ogier always felt that he was giving away his secrets and it has and it is changing the way that drivers progress and find it and get their experience and the sport will never ever go back now will it well, it might do if somebody takes the cameras out of the car, but that would be that would be our loss, uh, wouldn't it? it, I, it <laughs> so I mean, we, it just, we don't, we don't it, want that. No, it's not going to happen. Uh, but it, yeah. you know, the, the the way that a driver builds their experience, it has changed dramatically, um, and it, it's not necessarily a bad thing because it is opening the sport up to far, far more I'm, people. I'm not sure I buy into a hundred percent in that way, and I, I know that I mean Sebastian was one of the hard hardest working guys with re regard to that i mean his, his level of diligence i don't think you ever saw him out for dinner in the evening mm. um both him and julian just basically worked the whole time they, they they went to all these countries and they saw they saw the inside of their recce car and the inside of their hotel room probably just room servicing every night whilst they um whilst they went through all their i mean the hours and hours and hours every night going going over the videos refining the notes but but i think that becomes very personal and i'm not sure when you're looking at someone else's videos that you're you're, you're actually giving away the crown jewels I, I would argue that he's wrong it's 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 there for anybody to take um mm. uh, you're extrapolating what you can put from your notes from the visual of the road and i don't see that 
by looking at you and I, and I understand I understand Sebastian's viewpoint that, that he would think that people can see how he's driving therefore they can copy it it's not like that it's it's much more visceral than that it's much more hardcore real your your ability and your your your, your perceptions uh, linking into your 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 motor functions linking into the, what you see in your own visual flow field on the day fed in by the pace notes into your mind into your your mind's picture the overlays over the road, that's all giving your speed. I think it's far too tenuous, I think, to think that you could just watch a video and get get something very, very special out of it. Undoubtedly, it all adds to the mix, but I don't think you're giving away the crown jewels. But to, to a certain extent, George, apparently these drivers are watching these videos, so they almost don't need the notes. They're, they're learning them off by heart. Learn, well, I mean, lot, lots of drivers learn the roads. I mean, I used to be able to drive a road and pretty well on one pass could could go incredibly quickly. I remember um, doing a, a, a Scottish rally um, and, and we'd, I'd missed the pace notes for a number, of, a number of the stages because I'd had to go and do a PR day. Mm. So my co-driver had gone and made the notes and, and with someone else and, and they, were, they were radically different. Um, and I remember coming to some stages that, you know, I, I'd maybe driven them five or six times over the course of 10 years, maybe, maybe that. And um, Davila, going into Davila with my Group N car, I think I came out second quickest. I think I was just behind Diddy Oriel, who was fastest in a Sierra. And I was in a Group N Sierra, and a Davila was a little stage just uh, on the on the higher up the River Forth uh, than, than than Edinburgh, and uh, maybe it was about eight or nine miles, and I was I was second quickest in there by maybe just one or two seconds from Didier because it was high high speed, and I remembered the road. And, and, I, and I you, just uh, you've got to stop there, George. So, I mean, I think, George, 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 yeah. George, stop. Just Luke, you and I do not deserve to share this podcast with George, do we? <laughs> it's just come back to me once again to realise that what are we doing here talking to this man. We're, impo- so, we're imposters. I mean, these are these were these were these were these were just flashes of of brilliance or luck or you know some some skill. Of course, I had skill, no, but brilliance. Uh, the um, you know that was a Group N car against a Group A car. But what I had was a, a vastly higher top speed. You know, it's a bit like the Puma, the Ford Puma now is you know it's it's got a slightly limited top speed compared to the other teams hasn't it it's about it's about 8 or 9 kph slower we saw yeah, in monte carlo that's what, like that. uh, yeah well, I, my, I, my group n car was was 40 kph faster than a than a group a car after I, a certain period of time once you, once you were up to high speed my car would keep going it took longer to get up there but once it got up there i could i could keep going i, could, I mean that that car could could top out at well over 200 kph on the gravel I get all of that, George. I totally get all of that. But still, you've actually got to drive it. And that's yeah, the remarkable yeah. thing. You've got to but, point but I suppose between to, the to trees. Bring, to bring my point back, back is that, you know, you, you learn the road. You, you, don't, you don't need the pace notes. But the pace notes are going to give you the cuts. They're going to give you the detail. And, and I mean, I, I, but, I, but the point being is, I think, you know, your own video that you take from the car um, uh, with with the voiceover, and then you listen back, and you watch back, and you read the notes, and and you refine them based on the cut. You know, the, there's nothing to stop you. I, well, maybe there is actually in the regulations. I would have, I would tend to have a, a camera outside the car and inside the car. I'd want two channel recording. I'd I'd damn near have a camera on either side of the car. 
when I'm reviewing my video, I'd like to be like one of these gamers. I'd like to have the middle shot <laughs> straight out the windscreen and I would like to have side shots looking down at the sides of the road. That would be a massive game because you could actually see the extra. We're cutting there. Hang on. Yeah, mm. we're cutting there. Look, look, there's a milestone marker just on the inside. of We just missed it. Nobody's seen it. Okay, let's not go deeper in there because the tendency always is on the rally to go deeper. So you'll pick up a lot of extra information. Uh, I don't think they're necessarily picking up from other drivers. It's, it's themselves. I think what you do yourself is down to you. You're, because the limit is so, so edgy, uh, I don't think you're going to pick that up from the video. I think Sebastian Ogier's fears about his skills being copied, identified, not happening. Yes, your comment, David, about the drivers learning the roads and not needing pace notes. Yes, more or less. Yeah, they will learn the road. Um, some people can... can go over a road once and basically know it. Um, one one driver in Finland famously never used pace notes and he won the rally, Kirsty mm. Hamelainen. Yeah, yeah, only yeah. once, but yeah. but he was always quick. But he mm. he just he just learned the roads. But, but that was in the days when you know he would spend six months driving over the road every evening of the of his life. Um, yeah, exactly. Learning every we can, single single corner. And we can we can refer that one back to to some of the the greats on on Mull, can't we? You know these these people. Andy Absolutely. Knight uh, would would come yeah. out and never and never use pace notes um, because yeah. they knew the road. But I'm sorry, George, I'm not going to let this one pass. No, no. So you, oh, right, this was okay. 19. This was 88. I'm now looking on EWRC. Yeah, EWRC, the second yeah, okay. best website in the world. Um, yeah. And it, so you you retired from the Scottish in 88 with a transmission yeah. problem. You remember what that broken broke broken prop shaft. Was Oddly it? enough. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty terminal yeah. in a rear-wheel drive car. It, it? Certainly, it certainly is, yeah. It just stopped and stopped in uh, uh, in the Trossic stages, sadly. That was that was a good year for you, when, though. You had a lot of uh, rallies that year. Did you do the full British we, Championship? Uh, we did the, the, the National Championship, and we did two rounds of the British Championship. Uh, well, actually, three rounds, because I think... We had a Manx, the, Scottish, um, Welsh... The, no, we didn't do that. We did the Manx National. We didn't do the Manx International. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Manx National stopped on the stopped on the first stage. Head gasket failure on Manx, which was a shame. It was foggy, and and I I wasn't comfortable at all. But we had some friends there doing a split time halfway through the first stage, and apparently we were we were right there on the pace, which was nice. Uh, but but big, again, good good car for it. So big one, your big result in '88, and it's all just come back to me now. Obviously, on the what it was called then, the KL Graphics, uh, yeah. which was the yeah. Swansea round of of the national championship. Yeah. So which you, basically, you could call it you could call it a rally of Great Britain in the modern sense because it was those South Wales yeah. incredibly fast South yeah, Wales stages, beautiful, and, and, and all of those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, blind you, rally, blind blind rally. I didn't we, know the stages very well. I'd only ever done them once. Which a lot of them were. The Welsh that year yeah, was, was were, blind, wasn't it? Scottish, you definitely yeah. had notes. Scottish, we had notes for, um, but but we got we got scuppered by a press event, sadly. So um, yeah, but no, you won. We had, you won we had, KL graphics by had, six seconds from from Murray Grayson in a in a yeah. local cadet four hundred. Yeah, quite quite a troubled day as well. We slipped off the road on the first stage. We we threw away about twenty twenty odd seconds on the first stage, just straight on that junction. Um, a sharp, not not quite a hairpin. Um, I had to reverse out. I think I was very upset because the picture on Motoring News or Autosport from that event just had us reversing out of a ditch. Thanks a lot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> thanks thanks a bunch for that one. 
and um, and we should just look a little bit further down the uh the the final results in 19th place in a Peugeot 309 GTI is is a certain Colin McRae yeah, yeah. I, I just yeah, well, so cool George you know I'm sorry yeah. you you are a, you're it, it an was. absolute legend uh you really are there was something else i was going to ask you about 88 all right uh, it did. but i can't remember what it was uh but i think actually the, we need to we need end, to it was the end of the end of my driving career sadly so well it was yeah because there's not a lot after 88 <laughs> what no, no, i just what? stopped i stopped cold turkey that was it you know i'd had that chance and couldn't manage to keep it going um and uh, you know what's the point of continuing it's a sport i love i still i, I still had the opportunity to work in the sport yeah, I, I, I was already working for Toyota for three years at that point, so I thought, okay. Here, well, the odd thing was, I worked for Toyota factory rally team, and I had a support package from the Ford factory rally team. Go figure. <clears throat> your your last event uh, was the mm. was, was the Audi Sport Rally, which was obviously a mid Wales uh, event, yes. which would have used Dovey and and all of those incredible forests. Uh, yeah. and you finished ninth overall with yeah. fabulous Andrew Kellett alongside you. Uh, Absolutely. Why? How come uh, Jerry Williams beat you? He finished seventh alongside Louise Aitken Walker. Jerry Williams, our, our friend, the Daily Mail scribe, and again one yeah. of the best rally so journalists. We, we'd had we'd had a, a, a fairly difficult year that year, like any rally. So we started off we started off at the Sunseeker down on uh, down in the south of England, mm. and it was a it was a mud bath. It was a safari. And we were about car 27th on the road. And if anybody listened to last week's podcast on describing the mud in Portugal rally, uh, the, 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 the forerunner to that was that, uh, that Sunseeker rally down on the south coast. We, we, at times we were in first gear just trying to keep the car moving and it was almost stopped at times. Did make some, I think, some top times in that, on that rally when, when, the, when the going was good, but we really struggled against the four-wheel drive cars and we finished fairly lowly, you know, down in the, in the teens somewhere. It wasn't a great result. Um, we rolled on the Granite City rally whilst, again, first stage, but again, threw in a whole load of, I think we were fastest times on mm. that rally. Uh, to, to claw our way back into the mid-teens and, and got some points again. We retired in, in, in Wales, in, in uh, sorry, in North... No, we didn't retire in North Wales. We retired in the Manx. Mm. We, got, we, were heading for a, we were heading for almost an event win on the Skip Brown when the rear shock absorbers failed on a two-stage, first stage of a two-stage complex. Had to nurture the car through there. I think we still won the class. That was the first of our comebacks, but we should have won the event. I think we finished in the top 10 somewhere. Can't quite remember where. Um, followed up with um, uh, the, the, the midsummer break and then coming back to the KL Graphics, which we won. And we, we started to dominate. <coughs> we started to, to dominate the Group N category, but we had to literally win the category on every event for the rest of the year to do it. Yeah. So we went into that Peter Russick Manuals Rally or whatever it was called at that time. Um, the Cumbria, in, in mid Wales. Oh, that one. No, the, the C C Cumbria in Kielder, we finished third overall um, yeah. and won Group N by a mile in there because, again, it's high speed. So if you're, if you're not scared and you can go quick, you'll go well. Um, but the, the, that last rally of the event, we had to win. And remember, you're in the fabulous Ian Hughes's backyard. Yeah, uh, Gwyndaf Evans, who we'd absolutely drubbed in those stages. I say drubbed. We'd, we'd taken him to the cleaners with uh, same same cars, um, similar cars anyway, 
um, on uh, on REC the year before in '87, and it, something that he smarted from <laughs> immensely. Anyway, we're going into that event. He just he was doing it as a warm up for Rally GB, and we were doing it uh, to win the championship. So uh, I was under strict instructions not to get into a fight with Gwyndaf. And every part of my body said, fight with them and just go for it. Mm. Uh, but um, uh, all all the offers I had for the next year were tied to me being Group N national champion, which I which I managed I managed to do. We have a very very quiet, careful event. Uh, we didn't shine out at any particular point. There was a lot of factory rally cars there. So then, if, if it had just been a national event, I think we would have been still maybe third or overall, something like that. I can't remember what Louise was driving. What she was, was in two oh five, a two oh five, the, the yeah. two liter two oh five. Yeah, so that gives you an idea of how careful we were being. We, we were, I mean, she was. That was a, again a fast rally, and Louise was incredibly fast. So, mm. um, and and uh, just in front of you, I mean, some amazing cars. You know, Ian Roberton oh, yeah. in, a, in a Nissan two forty RS, and in sixth place, yeah. this is one for for some of the older boys, Dominic Frattaroli in a in a Darien F nine. Uh, yeah, but. Up front, Russell Brooks won, Stig Blomqvist second, Malcolm Wilson third, back in the days when he was driving at a Vauxhall Astra GTE, Phil Collins yeah. uh, fourth, Gwyndaf fifth, Frateroli, Aitken Walker, Roberton, George Donaldson ninth. That's... Uh, yeah. We, 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 uh, sorry, mate. We, so we, we, got, we got the win in, in the class in Group N, and we had to have that. And uh, Ian Hughes, I can't remember what happened to Ian, but he was our big challenger. So if if he'd beaten us, he would he would have won. He is not on the. He is he, indeed on Mazda. The, yeah, oh. he did. He finished Mazda thirty three, second. Three, yeah. Mazda three. Right, so he, he must have had a problem. Yeah, yeah, eleven minutes yeah. down. He must yeah. have problems. But well, having <clears throat> excuse me, having wondered at the top of the show what we were going to talk about, mm. uh, we have filled forty five minutes in a fine fashion. So thank you very, very much for that, George. I think we do need to set some time aside and actually do your career properly um, because clearly ah. there is there are some great stories to come from there. It's only just starting my career. Well, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, waiting for it to, I'm waiting for it to kick in, really. Um, absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but or, chaps, or kick out, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> More likely the latter, let's be honest. Uh, j- just been an absolute joy uh, as ever. And we can look forward to... Uh, to, to previewing Portugal properly next week, uh, hopefully with uh, the returning voice of Rally, uh, who is somewhere between here and Melbourne, uh, hopefully nearer to here than, than Melbourne right now. Um, and obviously over to you, Lise, for uh, Lisa O'Sullivan, our editor, who will put together a fine show for you from what we've talked about today. And we will speak to you all again next week. Thank you very much, chaps. Preview for uh, Portugal. That is very exciting. I am so excited by Portugal. Uh, what a, uh, I said, we said it last week. I think we even said it the week before. What an event it is going to be. The build-up to it has been amazing. Uh, just the wait has been interminable. Yeah. Oh, bring it on! And such a fabulous event. Anybody going? Make sure you eat lots of pasta del nadas. Oh, lovely, yeah. lovely little custard custard yeah. tarts. Delicious yeah. coffees. You've got to stop for coffee everywhere you possibly can. It's a great place. Yeah. First bit of gravel of the season. We can't wait. Luke, thank you very much for your company. Thank you very much. I've I've just enjoyed listening to some a bit a bit of a George Donaldson fan club reunion. 
Uh, David was like a puppy dog guy. (laughs) 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 But I I do agree with, with, we need to create an own, a separate podcast series. Do every single, because George's memory is almost as impressive as his driving. So if we can have an episode in every single rally he did, I bet you we could fill half an hour with with what he can tell you. That's all I'll say. It's very impressive, George. Definitely. No, it is. Absolutely. I mean, a a lot of these, a lot, a lot of the stories I can tell, I can't tell except over a very, very fine meal purchased for me by (laughs) by a listener. (laughs) George is available for those meals. Absolutely. (laughs) Good. Right. I will, we'll leave everybody in peace and we will uh, talk again next week. Fantastic. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Speak speak soon. And in the meantime, oh, yeah, no, sorry. I've just got a a message here to say, don't forget, which I'm pretty useless and had actually forgotten. If you're short on rally news through the the coming week, don't forget to have a look at dirtfish.com and follow us on all of our socials, Dirtfish Rally, uh, and you'll find out lots and lots of stuff. Uh, And we will see you all next week. And this really is the end now. Got to go. Adios. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.